All right, welcome to Sidebar. Very excited today. I'm going to be telling you all the story of someone who's been called a copyright troll, a quote, clear and present danger to the fair and efficient administration of justice, and a legal lamprey. Are you excited? Because I am. <laughs> Is it lamprey or lamprey? I don't know. <laughs> I have always wondered the same thing. It's like a little fish, right? I think it's a fish, yeah. It's got that like weird, doesn't it have that like weird mouth thing or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like a leech of the sea. I don't know. I guess I should have looked it up before I said it out loud on the podcast, but I think I've made it pretty clear thus far that I don't really care how I come off on this thing. Excellent. Oh wow. I am look I am look I'm looking at a lamprey right now. Are you lamp- <laughs> They're that not is, pretty. That is frightening. <laughs> they're terrifying, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh god. It's going to stuff of nightmares. Good thing they're small. Sorry, um, Laura. That's true. That's fine. What is this legal lamprey go by? Let me tell you. So his name is Richard Leibowitz, who if you are somebody who's familiar with the the federal courts, The federal courts in the Southern District of New York, he's become a bit of a thorn in the side of these judges in Manhattan. He is a photographer, an attorney, and possibly the most frequently sanctioned lawyer in the Southern District of New York. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, that is saying something. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I I, want to say up front that I'm not exactly here to make fun of this person. I am a little bit. But there are... I have qualms about coming down real hard on him, and I will get to that in a minute. So Richard Leibowitz hung the shingle for his own law firm five years ago. And in that time, he has filed more than 2,000 copyright infringement complaints. To his clients, he is an avenging angel for photographers who are being taken advantage of by big media organizations. And so I and I'll grant you the, the copyright law scene is a wild one. I could talk for a very long time about that. It's one of the only areas of law where non-compliance is kind of the norm, which is something I learned from my copyright professor, Ken Port, who unfortunately is no longer with us, but he was a wonderful teacher and a prolific name in the intellectual property world. And it's just, it's so easy to take someone's work without permission, attribution, or compensation these days. And so you can kind of see that it seems to me at least that this this attorney at least started out with the best of intentions. He has a background as a photographer. He realized how frustrating it was to be dealing with infringers and how often photographers especially can't afford to hire a lawyer or have time to file a lawsuit. And given how rampant copyright, copyright infringement is in this kind of drag and drop internet world, the sheer number... Oh yeah, I'm sure we've all been very guilty of this many times. It's so easy. Oh, yeah. It's so easy. And so the, yeah, the sheer number of complaints that he's filing isn't all that surprising. So, which brings me to what he actually did wrong. <laughs> Surprisingly, the, it's not for filing too many copyright infringement cases. Huh. So in June 2020, federal judge Jesse Furman laid out in a, I have to say, glorious 61-page bench slap Here you go again, Laura. Love it. Love that one. Here's the thing. I have to I have to give a shout out to Jenna Green over at Reuters, uh, who is owned by the same parent company as Fine Law for introducing that phrase to my vocabulary through her piece on this person. And I, I plan to use it all the time. So thank you so much, Jenna, for that. 
Wasn't I just wasn't I just ripping on you opinion loving nerds last week? <laughs> you were. Do you guys watch the if you watch The Good Place, that is what Yes, you would have to say in The Good Place exactly. if you couldn't say the yep. actual word. So it it works on several on several levels, you know, it comes from the judges bench and it helps me keep my job on this show. <laughs> Shout out to Michigan Law, which is where Eleanor Shellstrop got her law degree from. The the fictional, real Eleanor Shellstrop. Right. I love that show, yes. but it's complicated <laughs> if you haven't watched it. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so, so Judge Furman lays out in this opinion from last year about 40 cases of alleged misconduct by Leibowitz. The most egregious examples being filing complaints of copyright infringements without previously registering the photo with the Copyright Office. If you want more information about that, listen to our interview with... Francesca Witzberg, uh, who discusses why it's important to register your copyrights. Um, litigating cases in California following an order of disbarment. Here's the one that really, <laughs> really got me. Lying under oath about his grandfather's death to justify not showing up. Oh, no wonder this guy is getting sanctioned left and right. Okay, no longer a surprise. And also lying about being in compliance with an order that required in-person mediation and then making it worse by doubling down on that lie under oath. Dude, if you're going to be a copyright troll, you got to follow the rules, at least. Exactly. Hey, at least he's sticking to his guns. Yeah, if there's one thing to be said for this guy, it's that he, you know, he's on a mission. He is. And part of me admires that. But at the same time, there are rules that we have to follow as attorneys in order to keep our licenses. And that's not happening. Um, Other attorneys have also accused him of going after what's called statutory damages in copyright, regardless of whether his client has a copyright registration, which is not something you're supposed to do, but it's people do it because essentially statutory damages is if your if your copyrighted work is registered with the copyright office before someone infringes on it, the money that you can potentially receive jumps way up. We're talking without a registration, probably $150 to $500 per infringing act. Statutory damages jumps it to $750 to $150,000. And so yeah, it is a big difference. It's it's huge. And stat- so statutory damages is really big for copyright attorneys, but the problem is you can't come in and ask for that if your client has not registered the copyright. And so typically he was coming into negotiations demanding 25 grand per photo and some companies were just they weren't paying that much generally from what I have seen, but they, in order to avoid the hassle of taking a copyright case to trial, which very rarely happens. Um, copyright law is kind of a wild beast. So uh, a lot of, a lot of these things don't go to trial because the courts don't want to deal with it anyway. So judge Furman ordered Leibowitz and his firm to pay more than $83,000 in attorney's fees and $20,000 for false claims about copyright registrations. But to me, the best part is that we're not done. He also required that Leibowitz provide all of his clients with a copy of this sanction order, as well as attach a copy of it to every case he filed nationwide for a year. Oh, 
And he's not going to do that, I take it, because apparently he was disbarred in Northern District of California and still litigated after his disbarment. So I'm, I'm guessing that he takes the judge's orders as suggestions. Yeah, unsurprisingly, he did appeal this decision. Well, wait, if you're if you if you're disbarred and you litigate anyway, at that point, like, isn't it on the court to say, hey, you can't be here? Yeah. Well, and, and I think since he's based out of New York, I'm assuming the, the bulk of his cases are happening in New York and therefore the disbarment in California is not a good look, but it doesn't necessarily stop him from continuing down this road um, on his home turf. Now, unsurprisingly, he did appeal this decision and the second the second circuit affirmed it just a couple weeks ago. So it, it's kind of interesting because so close, Lebo. <laughs> well, and it's strange. And I haven't been able to confirm whether he did attach the sanction to any of his stuff, because technically his year long sentence, if you will, um, just ended in July 2021. But it the decision was affirmed by the second circuit. So he will have to pay those damages or the, those attorney's fees, regardless of whether he decided to provide all of his clients with a copy of his sanctions. He also was temporarily suspended, at least by the grievance committee in Manhattan's federal court in November, 2020, which again, so much of this is so dramatic because the court wrote that the suspension was needed to quote, protect the public due to his unwillingness to change despite 19 formal sanctions and scores of other admonishments and warnings from judges across the country. I feel safer. <laughs> Do you I feel, feel safer, safer but, but America? He... <laughs> <laughs> but, but Laura, is this guy like, is he like a copyright ambulance chaser well, or is he like an advocate for photographers? Yeah. And it's a, it's a really them. good question and I'm glad you brought it up. And here's the thing. I, Part of the reason I wanted to talk about this guy, and and this is about to get very nerdy, but he reminds me a little bit of the Toxic Avenger, who, if you're not familiar, is a cult movie from 1984, which, if you want to get extra nerdy, later became a musical. And Oh, you would know. I know. Laura would know. You're right. (laughs) And so... If you're not familiar, it's about a nerd who falls into a vat of toxic waste and transforms into a benevolent monster and New Jersey's first superhero. And I bring this up because... It's like monster Spider-Man, monster Peter Parker. Kind of, yeah. Where, like, he's okay. he's got yeah. a heart of gold, but he looks yep. like a seven-foot freak. And... 70% not, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a good movie. Wow. It's a very good movie. It's certified fresh. And the okay. actually, the musical is pretty good, too. <laughs> And I bring this up because I do get the impression that this guy thinks he's doing the right thing. You know, he he thinks that this is what he has to do to, say, make change mm-hmm. for his clients. Not and just I, to make literal change. Right. Exactly. Oh. Well, yeah. Be, the, well, oh, man. Why? Why, Vedahi, did we let you come? Why? Yeah. That's- <laughs> People ask me that all the time. <laughs> and so and so I, at, at that point, I get that attorneys are we are required to zealously advocate for our clients. And he seems to be passionate about this area of the law. But the problem is this isn't better call Saul. There are rules, as I said earlier, that we have to follow. We have a duty of candor with the court and good faith in negotiations. Laura, it (laughs) makes me think of you're a nice hero, George Costanza. Yes. (laughs) You know, we're living, you know, we're living in a society. 
Yes. <laughs> well, exactly. And and the practice of law is a is is a profession that has very specific rules and <laughs> he's not following them. And so Yeah, judges are definitely Georges. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is- judges are very very attached to the rules of of professional responsibility. And probably for good reason, you know? <laughs> and so I think that's what I find so interesting about this person is that I mean so some of this is just so it's so over the top, you know, lying about your grandfather dying. That's insane. Don't do that. <laughs> Like I, I, I think some this. of the stuff that he did was not in the service of his own clients. Exactly, either. right. I think he failed to disclose a bunch of mm-hmm. things to his clients, right? Yeah. but So it's not always in pursuit of his own case that he's right. making these decisions. He's getting yeah. high and on so his t- own supply a little bit. Uh, you know, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. And Well, especially when a, a lot of copyright cases are taken on a contingency, so... He, you know, he's not going to make any money unless his clients do. So if you come in hot with a really high uh, first ask, you stand a better chance to make more money, especially when it comes to intellectual property, where often people are pretty, they'd rather settle than try to litigate it in a lot of cases. So, but yeah. And that's how he's getting away with these, with getting money even where there are no like required uh, like attorney fees or right. whatever uh, statutory damages, as mm-hmm. he said. Yep. And so that's why a lot of that he's being forced to pay back. Um, but yeah, that was part of the reason I wanted to talk about it is that the, the practice of law is a complicated thing. And, <laughs> but I think it's, <laughs> I just think it's important to bring up that you can, you can be passionate about it. You can, be an avenger for your clients but you gotta you gotta play by the rules and don't lie under oath (laughs) even if you don't agree with them which we don't always yeah exactly yep (laughs) thanks for listening to sidebar from fine laws don't judge me we'll be releasing these every other week between our full-length episodes Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear us cover, send us an email at finelawpodcast at thompsonreuters.com. 